Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. Three years, it's gone by fast. For those many here, though, I can't say I know you, um, but uh, but. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a background, just a quick one before my message today, because I really want you to understand what, uh, how great this is to be here at this church, because three years ago, we were commissioned to go to Parsboro to plant a church. I had no idea what I was doing, still don't. <laughs> and, and, but they had a, a wonderful team that went with us. And one of the great things is, is that this church commissioned us to go. This church sent us. Um, mindful of the great commission that Jesus Christ commanded in Matthew 28, that we are disciples, making disciples, and going out into the world and, and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we went to Parsboro, we seen things happen almost immediately. And I want you to know that each and every person here is a part and parcel of that. They've all, you've, you've, whether you're praying or whether you're giving, this church is part and parcel of what is happening in Parisville. I often said if there's one person, and, and it was very quick, in 2014, before we even started our services, in 2014, we had one guy named Keith. And I think I, uh, some of you know Keith. He started coming here before we kind of moved down there. And if it was just that one person, if it cost my, took my entire life, all the pain and agony, all the, all the painstaking things, if it took my entire life, if it took every single one of us, our entire life, to work and to pray for that one soul, it would be worth it. But we've seen people, one after another, after another, after another, get saved and welcomed into the kingdom of God. And you think if there's rejoicing in the presence of angels in the kingdom of heaven for every sinner that, that, that repents, think about, think about one after another, after another, after another. You've got to get excited about that, don't you? You gotta get excited about what's happening in Parsboro. So I just want to get you excited a little bit, mostly because I'm, I'm starting a little late and I want to keep you awake too. No, that's not the only reason. But I want you to get excited a little bit about that because what's going on in Parsboro is great for the kingdom of God. And I am privileged and honored to be part of it. So thank you, church. Thank you for commissioning us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to sing, see kingdom work done, to see God at work in Parsboro. That is good. It is really good. And it's exciting. And it still continues to be something, something that's, that's growing and something that's, that's alive. It's still the talk of the town, and we don't want that to end. Very much like this church here is, you know. I see all these faces out here. And I don't know if every single person here knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but it's good, isn't it? It is good to know that you have life in eternity, that you are absolutely assured of your salvation. It is fantastic. And so that when we are part and parcel of somebody else knowing that, even better. <laughs> even better. It can get pretty exciting. So I just want to give you a little bit of update what's happened. It's been three years. Now our timeline is this, Lord willing. Our timeline is this. We've got a shed. We've bought property. It paid for miraculously. That came to the very cent that we needed to pay for that property came in. And, then we, and you guys have heard these updates once a month. But I, I, you're going to hear a little bit again because I just got a, a few minutes before I get into the message today. And, I, and so... We look at what God has been doing. We have the land. We got a shed put there last week, a big one. 
24, he's, oh, 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 great big shed, right? You might know that, that I was in control. The first thing we had to put was a shed on there, right? I mean, it's, it, but, but this is what we want to do to get, try to get power to the land. Because in the spring, in the spring, we want to get power to that land. Now, we already have the power of the Holy Spirit. God is at work, and he continues to be at work, and we watch. And so we have great vision and great expectation of what God is going to continue to do. And our vision, our vision, get this, our vision, our hopes, our dreams, you guys are part and parcel of this, so I hope that these are your vision, hopes, and dreams as well. That in, a, in the fall uh, of next year, fall of 2019, we will put a foundation in for a new building. We want to watertight it for the winter, so all you folks that got slow winters, <laughs> amongst other people, will be able to help us work on this building. Now, this is just a building. It's not going to make the difference. God is already growing his church. But it's something that God has seen that we need. Now, we're in the school, and it's not easy, and I'm not going to get into all the things that happen at the school. I mean... I love the school. I love being able to have the opportunity because it's very rare you can get into a school these days as a church. So God's hand is on that for sure. But there are some issues, and we definitely need a building. So pray for us in that direction. Pray that this would all come together. Pray that our minds would be clear and that we'd be able to think clearly. And pray that the Spirit of God would be at work giving us vision and giving us uh, direction and, and giving us the opportunity and the resources we need to accomplish what we want to do in his name as we watch even more people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's our greatest goal. It's not to build a building. It's not to, to have lots of people. It's not to have a big crowd. To, to watch as many people as possible come to know the great and glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved for all eternity. That is the greatest thing that we want. That is what we really desperately want. So pray in that direction, church. And, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to put them on the spot. I have, I have, we have two here, a couple. They, they, they're not here just because of me. They plan on coming anyway, but it just so happens I was speaking today. They didn't know that, but I'll call them groupies right now. <laughs> Dave and Stephanie Johnson, um, my first wedding was here. We headed here, and this was the couple that got married. Not long after they both have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? Yeah. A little bit of fruit here today. <laughs> a little bit of fruit to celebrate here today. So you guys have been going through Genesis, and so I've been commissioned to speak on that, on the, on the, the change of Jacob's name. And so that's what I'm going to speak on here today. And I just want to say, if you have any questions for me afterwards, please come to me and ask me any questions. Like I say, always say, don't make the math questions because you'll be out of luck. But I have a water bottle somewhere, and I'm dry already. I, I, no, I have a bottle. I do have that too, but I'll probably go through them both. Thanks. Just to give you a little bit of background, Jacob, just because you guys have been going through it, right? You're mostly all familiar with what's happening with Jacob. Jacob meaning deceiver, heel grabber. That's Jacob, right? You know that where he came from, he was, he was, po he was, he, he was 
manipulative. He was deceiving. He, he tricked his brother into his birthright. He, he lied to his father under the influence of his mother for, for the, the blessing from his father. And his, his whole life has been a struggle, hasn't it? His whole life has been a struggle. His whole life has been in turmoil, all because of his own doing. Now, we won't get into the covenant promise right now because, because, uh, because you're, you're all familiar with that promise. But, but we're just going to talk about the character of Jacob for a minute. Jacob struggled and he struggled and he struggled. And all because he was trying to do things his own ways in a deceptive way. He was going rogue, kind of speak. He wanted the things that God had already promised him, but he was going about it in his own way. And he lived up to his name. He lived up to his reputation. Jacob, you know, he, he, he was sent away to, because Esau, his brother, wanted to kill him, right? Wanted to kill him because he, what he had done. And so he goes away to a distant relative, spends... 20 years with Laban. I'm just giving you an update so you can understand where we're going to go here in a minute. He spends 20 years with you know, Laban, and he, he kind of pulled one over on Jacob. He kind of got a taste of his own medicine. But, but, but in the end, Jacob comes out only with two wives. <laughs> Some men, are, men, men don't go there. He comes out with, with, with two wives, and, and it's just they are battling back and forth. So here he is, more struggle in his life. He runs away from Laban. He, he doesn't stake around. He takes off. He goes back. God calls him to go back to his home. But he's scared to death, right? I'm just giving you the Reader's Digest version. He's scared to death, and he's got to go back, and he's got to face Esau, his brother. This is after 20 years. And he's scared. And so, so here he has caused all these problems, all these struggles in his life. He's got two wives that fight against each other constantly, a dysfunctional family at best. And, he's, and here he is, he's all alone. This is where we pick up the story. He's all alone. He's sent, and now he's sent two camps off to meet Esau. And he's got word back about Esau coming with 400 men. And that was like making him a lot more scared. He was thinking, I am done for. So he sends two camps off thinking, well, if they attacked one, then the other one is left behind and they can escape. So here he is. He sends two camps. And then, and then he's, he spends a significant amount of time, the longest prayer recorded in Genesis, praying out to God for God to save him. He's saying, God, save me from, from my brother. Please deliver me from my brother. And I want you to recognize something when we, when we get into this, that Jacob is all alone at this time. All alone at this time. And I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. But I want to, I want to read to you from Genesis 32, to 22, or 32, 22 to 32. And before I do that, I want to pray with you quickly. Father God, we come before the throne room, each and every one of us. May we focus upon you, God. Because really, Lord, we want to know what you have for us. We want to know what your word is going to speak to our heart. God, where we struggle and what we need from you and what you want to teach us. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us, wherever we are in life, whatever is going on in our life, God, that you would speak to us and you would encourage us and you would bless us and you would reveal truth to us and you would give us direction in our lives. Whatever it is and wherever it is we are, God, we pray that you would speak to us as individuals. 
and you would speak to us as a body, knowing that you are mighty. You are merciful and you are good, and we can trust in you. God, we come to you in faith, trusting that you will speak to us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So read this text to you, with you, I should say. The night Jacob got up and took two wives, his two female servants, and 11 sons, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with him till daybreak. That's kind of sudden, isn't it? Comes a change direction pretty quick. A man wrestles with him till daybreak. Daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And the man said, "Let me go, for it is daybreak." But Jacob replied, "I will not let you go unless you bless me." The man asked him, "What is your name?" Jacob. He answered. Then the man says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. Tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, as he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. We already have talked about Jacob and his struggles. He's been nothing but struggle his whole life. I don't know where you are right now, and I don't know what you struggle with. I think that we've all at least gone through struggles if we are not going through one right now. I don't know what's going on in your life and where you're at, but are you struggling? And what are you struggling with is the question I have for you. You don't have to answer me. You can keep that to yourself. But God knows what you're struggling with. And Jacob, he struggled over and over and over again. Warren Weasby said, Jacob spent his whole life wrestling with people. Now it was time to wrestle with God. See, God shows up, doesn't he? We know we can get into all the applications here. We can get in all the scriptures to point out that this is God manifests in a man through an angel, but this is God he's wrestling with, right? You all agree with that? I hear amen? He, he's wrestling with God, really, and so he comes to this place where he, God meets him. He doesn't meet God. God comes into the picture all of a sudden. Now, he just spent a significant amount of time. I want you to notice something, that Jacob, that Jacob is all alone in the, in the darkness. And isn't that significant? Because I think that most of us meet God there. We meet God when we're all alone in, in the darkness. This is where he seems to show up. This is not where we want him to show up because we don't even want to go there. But it is where he shows up, alone and in the darkness. Here's Jacob, and there's God. And the first thing it says is he wrestles with him. 
Now, I think that Jacob was looking for some consoling from God, don't you? Do you ever, do you ever pray to God and, and say, God, just give me some peace, give me some rest, do a work in me like that? Do you ever say that to God? Isn't that what you really long for? But isn't it true that usually when God's doing a work in your life, you're wrestling? It's not just so simple as, okay, God's going to give me this and give me that. He calls us to wrestle with him. He calls us to wrestle with him. And that is the truth. When we struggle in life, we, are, we, we, we go through our life longing and hungering for something. Let me ask you something. What is it that you long for more than anything in this world? Again, you don't have to answer me, but ask yourself that question. What deeply, if you were going to be honest with yourself, what is it that you hunger after more than anything in this world? Then let me ask you how bad you want it. How bad you want it. Because Jacob, he called out to God and he wanted a blessing from God, didn't he? He wanted a blessing from God. And if we're going to be real, if, if we're believers in Christ and, 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 we re- and we're sitting here today, that's probably what we want. Unless you get this prosperity idea where blessings come in material blessings. But we're not going there. I'm talking about a blessing with God. I'm talking about a, a God's favor, God's favor because you are close to him. God's approval for you, if you will. Isn't that what you long for? Is it? I don't hear a whole lot of amens. Isn't that what you long for? You, don't you long for God's approval in your heart? Isn't that truly the blessing of God? When he approves you, when he, when he gives you this satisfaction, yes, I love you. I love you, and I bless you. And many of us struggle with that concept that God could ever love us. Sean kind of touched on that a little bit in his (laughs) mini-sermon. He kind of touched on that a little bit. But, you know, Jacob's alone in the darkness, and sometimes we find ourselves alone in the darkness, and our struggle... Our struggle is for satisfaction in our heart. And we've got to ask ourselves, what does our heart truly long for? I'm talking about those who... who and, and I'm not talking about just, those, just the idea of being converted to salvation, okay? Because that is the, the key. I mean, you could take this passage and you could preach the gospel with it. You could take almost any passage and preach the gospel with it. You could talk about how we are desperate in need of God and Jesus comes along as Savior. He shows up and we have this idea and this, and this Savior presenting himself to you and, and the whole idea is, will you believe in me? Will you trust in me? Will you put your faith in me? Will you, you believe what I've done on the cross is significant enough to pay for your sin debt in full and that you may have eternal life? That's the gospel. And, so, and you can see this poured out in Jacob's life he he's alone he's empty he's in the darkness he needs God to touch him he needs God's approval he needs God's blessing in his life and that's what happens to our lives through Jesus Christ what is it you long for are you constantly struggling are you tired are you feeling empty or alone I'm talking to the church here I'm not talking about those who haven't received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior I'm talking about you I'm talking about you have already trusted him. Do you find yourself empty? Do you find yourself struggling? Do you find yourself not satisfied? And you wonder why that is so when you have the greatest gift ever given to mankind. You have the Redeemer coming into your life, the Holy Spirit living in and through you, and yet you struggle with victory in your life. Is that you? Are there times when you just don't have the answers and you're wondering why you would struggle if you call yourself a Christian? Why is that so? 
We've all been there. We've all been there. So what are you going to do about it? One of the things, the first things we see Jacob about Jacob is he wrestled through the night. No, I like wrestling, so this is a good passage for me. But Lily won't wrestle with me. She says I'm too rough. <laughs> but, but you know what? Five minutes would probably, I'd be winded. <laughs> he's wrestling through the night. He's got, he's got a hold of this guy. Now, I don't know where, but eventually he, he, he understands who he's wrestling with, okay? But, but he's wrestling all through the night. He's not giving up. He's not giving up. And there's something about the persistence of mankind, persistence of us, that God loves to see. It is not by our works, it's not by our efforts, but there's something about the persistence of a wrestling with God for his blessing. There's something about God calling us to wrestle with him for our blessing. Isn't that true? You see it over and over and over again. Jesus talks about it in, when, he, when he talks about prayer. That's the greatest way to wrestle with God, through prayer. And he talks about the persistent will, who never give up. And, and if we really, really, really hunger and thirst after God, do you really, really hunger or thirst after God more than anything else in the world? Do you wrestle with him for it? Are you willing to give it all you have? Are you willing to seek him with all your heart? Are you willing to, to, to dive in with both feet and both hands and say, God, of all the things in this world that I've seen, done, and heard about, you are the most important to me, and I will wrestle for the blessing that you have from me. Because that is the most important thing that we can hunger for. There's nothing in this world that compares to wrestling for the blessing of God. Nothing. Nothing in this world compares. And Jacob was wrestling, and he was hanging on, and he was hanging on. Well, what's God do? You know, before I go there, you know, Jeremiah 29, 13, many of you know it. You will seek me when you find, you, you, will, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. All your heart. How desperately do you want God at work in your life? Or do you just want God to work in your life for the things that you want outside of what God wants for your life? Because there's a difference. There's a difference. And I've watched many people over the years. 17 years ago. 17 years ago. Keith Peggy. <laughs> Sitting out there in that lobby. I give my heart to Jesus Christ. There's a lot that led up to that and things. And I've watched over the years as how many, many people that, that I walked alongside of when the wrestling got too tiring, they give up. And that breaks my heart, because I love those people. And when things get hard, when things get rough, the idea is you've got two choices. I sat with a couple the other night, and I knew what was going on in their life. They're brand new believers, not this couple, by the way. And, I, and they're brand new believers, and, and they both have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they still have a lot of struggles going on in their life, and they were going through these rough times. And, I, and as I sat down with them, and you know, it wasn't really, really bad, but it was bad enough to distract them, and they didn't show up to church. And then they didn't show up to Bible study and go, aha, what's going on? What's going on? Because we have a choice. 
We are going to go through struggles, and many of you are going through struggles, far, probably far worse than I've ever gone through, and in, in some ways I hopefully don't have to go through. But, but the thing is, you have a choice. You can wrestle with God for the blessing, or you can give up. You can keep hungering and thirsting after God, knowing, you know, I, I spoke on this passage a little bit when I give my story in, in the men's retreat in, in Lunenburg, and one of the passages that came to mind when I, was, when I was speaking, when I was preparing, is when Jesus was giving this hard teaching, and many left. We don't get, need to get into the, the passage, but and many left, many walked away. And Jesus turned to the disciples that were left, and he says, what about you? What about you? What was Peter's response? Where will we go? Is there anything worth more than your relationship with God in this world? That's what I wonder. Where do they go? How broken are their lives when they don't have God in their lives? I can't imagine going without him in my life. I need him so desperately. Because you know what? The next thing that we see in this passage is a divine touch where a hip is dislocated. <laughs> the hip is dislocated. He's not given up. You know, this, one of the strongest points in the body is the hip. Right? Can you imagine? Razzling with an out-of-place hip? I mean... First, he's been wrestling all night, and now he's got a hip out of joint. I know some people with bad hips. They can't get in and out of the car. And you're trying to wrestle. So you know what his opponent would say? Tap out. You're done. You're done. You can't do anything else. You are done. You've been, you are dislocated in, the, in the, one of the strongest parts of your body. You have no strength left. You have nothing left to offer. You've got nothing left to fight for. Have you ever felt that in your life? Have you looked at the strongholds in your life, whether they're relationships, whether they're money, whether, whatever they are, have you looked at them and you thought to yourself, God, why am I struggling here? Why is it I'm struggling here? What is it about here? Why are you taking away this from me? Why are you causing problems or allowing problems, not causing, allowing problems here? Why? Maybe it's those things that compete with your full devotion to God. See, we can't go in our own strength. We know that by, if we've trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the greatest way to come to him is broken. But it doesn't end there, does it? Because the gospel is true in our lives every day that we need him we need him at every point of our lives because we need to be broken before him because it is him that needs to be our strength. You know, Paul spoke about it clearly when he, said, when he says, I've asked three times for God to remove this thorn from my side. Three times. God, what was God's answer? My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. So why did God touch Jacob's hip? To disable him. In his fight. But you know something? Jacob had no fight left, but he never let go. He never let go. And that seems to be the, the defining moment. That seems to be what separates, separates the sheep from the goats. Not that they can't come back. I don't, I don't know about that. But it, it is, it's, it's, it's something about, are you willing? How badly do you want it? How badly do you want 
the blessing of God. How badly do you want him? Because we're all going to go through struggles. And are you going to choose him? Or are you going to choose some other way? Are you going to run away? Are you going to turn away? Or are you going to say, okay, I'm broken and I'm letting go now, God, because this is way too hard for me. Christianity is not easy. It isn't. Grace is easy. But walking and trusting in faith and through all trials and struggles that we have in our life is not easy. Unless we can trust that God is good, that he's almighty, and that he loves you. That affirmation that God has got this. I've got this. You know, my daughter used to say that when, we, when, when, I was, when she was young, Caitlin, she used to say, uh, when I was a brand new believer, and I get really excited, and... And, and she, would, she, would, she would say, Daddy, she says, I can see God has you in the palm of his hand. And I said, what a profound thing for a little girl to say. But you know, every time when we look at our lives, and we've trusted in Jesus Christ as our, our Lord and Savior, we may go through the fire, but if you understand that you're in the palms of God's hand, he carries you through those flames. He's the one. We don't have to fight ourselves. He is the one. He's the one. So when he takes away our strength, and, and that means our struggle is over, or it should be. But not necessarily always the case. I heard Zachari uh, Ravi Zacharias say that one of his contemporaries said that Jacob had once, once ro robbed a blessing uh, from his brother using Esau's name. Didn't he? So what happens next here? God says, what is your name? What is your name? And You know, it could be translated, what is the meaning of your name? <laughs> because all the names had a meaning to them. What is the meaning of your name? What does it mean? What does Jacob's name mean? Well, he was a deceiver. He was a heel grabber. He went through life with great struggles. And God says, I need you to be honest with yourself and honest with me who you are. Isn't that the truth? We need to recognize that not only at conversion, but when we come before God, when God wrestles with us, what he needs us to be is really honest with who we are. All of our depravity, all of our brokenness, all of our sins, all of our, who we truly are. Now, we put on a good show. We're pretty good posers. But who are you really? Who are you really? I'm not saying, I, I'm talking to myself here. Who am I really? Who am I really? Who am I really? Because that's what God wants me to deal with first. Who are you? Who are you? He says to Jacob, who are you? And when Jacob said who he was, it was a change. It was a restoration. It was something different from how he stole the blessing before. Because the blessing before really didn't go to him. He went to his brother Esau. He was just using Esau's name. <laughs> and sometimes we look for God's blessing, but we're not willing to be honest with exactly who we are before God. We want him to see all the good things. It's like we could pull the wool over God's eyes. Isn't that silly? <laughs> But when we, when, we, when we take a look in the mirror, it's not just honest with him, but it's, it's honest with ourselves. We take a look in the mirror. This is what makes it easy, easier not to look at others and judge them. You know that? Now, I'm not talking about accountability stuff here because we're called to do that. But I'm talking about spending our lives 
Never looking in the mirror, but always look and say, oh, you know what? They're, they're, they're not right, right with the Lord. You know, you know I could tell they're living, not living the way they should be living. I could tell that there's something not going right in it. Now, should, they be, should we be kept accountable? Yes, we should. But unless we take the time to look in the mirror and be honest with who we are, we will never approach the other person with grace and mercy and love that God has shown us. When we start to remember who we are, I am a broken sinner. I have no hope. My only hope is in Jesus Christ and the blood shed on my behalf and for the forgiveness of my sin. That is the only hope, the only confidence that I have in coming into the throne room of God. And what a privilege that is, isn't it? And so when we look at other people, what is their only hope? Is it to get their ducks in a row? No. It's the trust in the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ and what he's done for them. Let God do the work in them. Sure, we need to do some things, but we are not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so when we look at the life of, of being real with ourselves, it, it, it spreads out to so many different areas in our life. It is then God says, God says this. He says, okay, now you've been honest with me and you've been honest with yourself. Now I got something to work with. Now I got something to work with. Now you've been honest. I'm sorry I've been so long. <laughs> I started late. I know. So when we look at the new life, this parallels our lives with Jacob. Jacob gets a, a new name. Not just a new name, a new identity. Have you got a new identity? The, the Bible promises we'll get a new name in heaven. We don't know what that is, that is yet, and we're the only ones that know it. But, 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 when, when we look at our lives, we already have a new identity. When we look at our lives, we don't have to struggle anymore because we are children of God. If you've trusted in him as the Lord and Savior, you have a new identity. We are to live in that victory in our lives. We are to live in a way that says, yeah, I represent the king. He is the king of kings and I will represent him in this world. I am no longer the same when the devil tells you that you were once, you are who you are, because we fall into that, don't we? We get back into our old nature. The old person comes back into our lives, and we start acting out. And Jacob wasn't, he wasn't innocent in this. You watch his life. And so we fall back into it. But we are different because we've been revived. We have the Spirit of God in us, living in and through us. We are a new creature in Christ. It is him who lives in us. The old has passed away. The new has come. We have a new identity. We are to live in victory for Jesus Christ and him alone. It is not longer us we live for. It is him we live for. And so I, I know that I'm not telling you anything new, but when we look at this new identity, what do we struggle with? What do you struggle with? Is it not the old self? Is it not the fleshly desires? Is it not the things of this world that you hunger for? Because if you understood the victory that we have in Christ in the promises, if he understood, Jacob had understood the promises they had in God, then he would be a lot more at peace. But if we could understand every day that we have the promise of the, of the kingdom, 
that we have a relationship with God Almighty through through Jesus Christ, that we have been set free, that no, there's no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. What victory is there in that? What way to live a new identity? The old is gone, the new is here. We have a new name. There's another one. <laughs> I do this at home too. So. We have a, a new name. Do you have a new name? Do you know, do you have a new identity? Are you absolutely assured of your salvation? Do you absolutely know that when you die now, I, I say this often, I've said it often lately anyway, is that, you know what, God, God doesn't make you wait. If you were to say, if I was to ask you, if, if you die today, would you go to heaven? And you go, oh, I hope so. All right. Let me ask you something. Would a loving God the God that I know it doesn't do this. doesn't wait till that last minute. Um, I got the ballot here. Let's see. Let's see if you made it. Oh. Uh, almost. Not quite. God didn't do that. You can be assured right now that you have eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Not good. I love telling that message. I love sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love it. Woe is me. Paul said, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Is that you? Because there's many out there that need to hear the truth, that they, can, they don't have to deal with their old self, that they can have new life in Jesus Christ. I'm almost done. You know, in the end, after Jacob's wrestling match, I got to be careful when I say I want to wrestle, don't I? <laughs> after reading this passage, God said, Really? You want to wrestle? <laughs> we look at Jacob's life, and after all the struggles he went through in his wrestling match with God, one of the things that happened in his life is he ended up with a limp. As a reminder, he would be reminded from that day on of what God had done for him. See, it was all dependent upon the grace of God, wasn't it? He's relied upon the grace of God. See, it's not, are you wrestling for the blessing, but are you willing to accept the grace and the mercy? It is not by our own strength. God zaps the strength from us. So we know that it is all about him. It's all about trusting in him. It's all about living for him. It's all about desiring what he has for us and not what we want him to do for us. Our prayers need to line up with his plans for our lives. They need to line up with his direction for our lives as we trust in him. That's what it's all about. If you are struggling with victory in your life, I'm telling you, you need to get to this place, okay? This is one of the greatest things that's happened to me in the last three years. When I was... Well, besides people getting saved, then you guys, your eternity is good. <laughs> it's really exciting. But uh, Jacob, one thing about happened with Jacob is this, that when he, when he had that rousing match and he had that, that injury, that God had take, dislocated his hip and he had caused to have the limp. 
Now, I don't know this for sure, and I've heard other, other commentaries or other preachers say this. I bet you if you asked Jacob later on what was the best day of his life, he wouldn't be talking about how bad his injury was, but he'd say, that was the day that my hip got dislocated. <laughs> the day that I met God face to face, and he spared my life. Sometimes suffering and brokenness in this world, even though we can't explain it, even though we don't understand it, if we are seeking God's blessing over all other things, over comfort, over the things of this world, over the things that we want God to do in our lives, if we're seeking Him, then even in the struggles, even in those pain, times of pain and suffering, we will see God's face and we will say, yes, that was the greatest day of my life because that is the day that God showed up in my the world does not understand that. But I hope that you do. I hope that you do. I hope that there's a limp in your life that will always remind you of God's grace. So just to review, God will meet with us alone in the darkest places. And our true desire is, is to, to have him and persevere with him and walk with him. God will bless you when our true desires are for him and him alone. What do you want most, and how bad do you want it? God often does things in our lives that causes us to feel weak and helpless. It is not the most pleasant feeling or desirable, but it often is to remove those things that cause us to become wholly dependent upon him. Not totally dependent upon him. That's why God takes away things, because they're in competition with our dependence upon him. God will cause us to be vulnerable and honest about our true identity at heart. He already knows, but until we are willing to be exposed, until we allow light to shine in the darkness, then God cannot work in our lives the way that he desires to do so. And finally, when we receive our new identity in Christ, in him who is our strength, we may not fail but in our, fall into our own old identity if we don't fall in our own identity but our confidence is in the identity we have in Christ we will have victory no matter what happens to us in our circumstances no matter what happens to us in our lives we will have victory because we know the one who lives forevermore and we will spend all eternity with him and you can have full assurance of that just like Jacob had a reminder of the limp. We are reminded of God's grace in our weakness. Isn't it? Is that what your weakness does? Every time you fail, every time you, you fall, every time you do something wrong, every time you're, you, the devil goes, uh, yeah, look at you. You're some Christian now, aren't you? You know, yeah, but you know what? I'm reminded of God's grace and Jesus Christ's sacrifice upon the cross. I have victory. I don't need to struggle with that. I pray that God will help me overcome it but I know that his grace is sufficient. And, and his power is made manifest. Strength is made manifest in my weakness. The last thing, I just have a quote. Ye Campbell Morgan called Jacob's experience a crippling that crowns. A crippling that crowns. Isn't that cool? A crippling that crowns. And interpreted Israel, the name Israel, he interpreted it a God-mastered man. Last question I want to close with before I close the prayer. Are you a God-mastered man or a God-mastered woman? 
are you God mastered? Does he have all of your heart? Do you seek after him more than anything in this world? He's the only thing that will bring satisfaction and there will be struggles in every other area. But God is sufficient to meet all of our needs in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this group. I thank you for their dedication to the gospel. I thank you that, that they are willing to reach out beyond these walls and see others come to know you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray that you will bless them and keep them and, and, and keep um, using this church body, to keep using them to reach more people in this lost and dying world, that you will bless your church and give us insight into your plans for our lives, that you will give us the, the knowledge that we have a great blessing in you and that we have a strength in you. Give us the ability to overcome all those things that come against us because we are secure in you. Thank you, Lord. You reserve all glory. You, you, you get all glory. We want to honor and praise you. Thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.